Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. It is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.com or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here's Pastor Visser with our next Bible study. Hello again, everybody. This is Pastor Visser from Covenant People's Ministry, and today I would like to talk about the subject of a reprobate mind. Indeed, anybody who's been Christian identity for any length of time has no doubt heard this teaching before, first directly from the first chapter of Romans. And indeed, today it is virtually impossible to go anywhere and rebuild Babylon, that is the world today, the modern world we live in. It's impossible to go anywhere without seeing somebody of a reprobate mind. And there's a reason for this. It's as we've covered in numerous sermons in the past, including last week alone, where we discussed from Luke's Gospel, Jesus Christ teaching that he spoke in parables. And the reason he spoke in parables was so that the general masses would not understand him. Indeed, within Christian identity, they will come along and say, well, Jesus wants everyone to love him, and Jesus loves everybody. But that's simply not the case. It's not the teaching of Scripture. Indeed, there are numerous references and many examples within the Scripture where Jesus Christ said, My sheep hear my voice, and those who don't simply are not my sheep. Those who do not hear the words of Jesus Christ, that is the written word, the Alpha, the Omega, this word that we're studying today, are reprobate. They have a reprobate mind. They do not have a heart inclined to understand. And so without further ado, today I would like to begin this study in the Old Testament, that is, the first book of Kings, chapter 22. The first book of Kings, chapter 22. And it's here that we discovered is Yahweh dealing with King Ahab. No doubt you've heard of King Ahab before, because there are many false Christian identity pastors out there within the movement who love using King Ahab or Queen Jezebel, his wife, as examples of what Christian identity should be. But at the same time, we should take note that Scripture straightforwardly says there was no king more wicked than King Ahab. Most likely because he had a reprobate mind, and because he would hearken unto the words of his wife Jezebel, as opposed to the words of Yahweh God. And so we should begin in 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 12. And it says here, in the Amplified Version of the King James, All the prophets agreed, saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper. For Yahweh will deliver it into the king's hands. The messenger who went to call Micah said to him, Behold now, the prophets unanimously declare good to the king. Let your answer, I pray you, be like theirs and say what is good. And we should notice right here that already we see an example of today's society. We see the governments of man or the institutional church saying, Well, be like the rest of all these other prophets. You see, all these other prophets said that uh, we will be victorious in this particular battle. So don't say anything different. We want our ears tickled. Next verse. But Micah said, As Yahweh liveth, I will speak what Yahweh says to me. 
And we can learn much from that. What it is that Yahweh God says is what we should repeat. We should not go and reiterate non-scriptural tripe. We should not attempt to reach people by watering down the word of God. That is the mistake many of our forefathers did by joining a universalist church, by trying to bring the third world brown faces into our faith. A faith that's simply not for them. A faith that is simply for Israel. Verse 15. So he came to the king, King Ahab, and said, Micah, shall we go up against Ramoth Gilead the battle, or shall we hold back? And he answered, Go and prosper, for Yahweh will deliver it into the king's hand. And the king said to him, How many times must I charge you to tell me nothing but the truth in the name of Yahweh? And he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have no shepherd. We must understand this concept. Later on in the New Testament Gospels, Jesus Christ beholds his people, Israel, exactly verbatim as what's written here, as sheep having no shepherd. That is the reason why Jesus Christ was considered the good shepherd. That is the reason why he also taught, my sheep hear my voice and will follow me. Moreover, they will not follow the voice of a stranger, of an ethnos, of a non-Israelite person. So nonetheless, he says, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have no shepherd. And Yahweh said, These have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. Then the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell you that he would prophesy no good concerning me but evil? Understand it, this king of Israel understood. And he was able to explain to Jehoshaphat that Yahweh oftentimes does not prophesy only good. Why? Because Yahweh is not only love. Indeed, a majority of Christendom will take that one verse and run with it and say, yeah, God is love, but where in that verse does it say Yahweh God is just love? It does not. It says that love is a part of his being. But there are many times within the scripture, many times that Yahweh God will prophesy evil. Consider Sodom and Gomorrah. The residents of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah had a reprobate mind. Every man, woman, and child, I might add, that were within that city. Well, the average naysayer would say, what type of God would allow these innocent children to be destroyed with fire? And the answer is quite simple. There were none innocent. We must trust Yahweh God. And so, it was here that King Jehoshaphat and the king of Israel, Ahab, both knew that Yahweh God would prophesy evil. Next verse. And Micah said, hear the word of Yahweh. I saw Yahweh sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. And Yahweh said, Who will entice Ahab to go and fall at Ramoth Gilead? One said this way, another said that way. Then there came forth a spirit, of whom I am about to tell, and stood before Yahweh and said, I will entice him. Yahweh said to him, that is the spirit, by what means? Question. And he, the spirit, said, I will go forth and be a lying spirit in the mouths of all his prophets. Yahweh said, you shall entice him and succeed. Go forth and do it. Next verse. So the Lord, that is Yahweh God, hath put a lying spirit in the mouths of all these prophets. And Yahweh has spoken evil concerning you. That is our God, Yahweh, speaking evil against King Ahab. King Ahab, who thought it would be great to rape. King Ahab, who believed that the world was his. Not that the earth and the fullness thereof was Yahweh God's. This is the reason why he would get his wife involved in him trying to steal Naboth's vineyard. 
And so already today we can see that there are many times that Yahweh God will intentionally put the false prophet out there. And we've covered the concept of false prophets many times before, dear kinsfolk. If you desire further study, I'd invite you to swing by our website at covenantpeoplesministry.org and go to the malicious antichrist subsection in the audio area of our website. And there you will see numerous false prophets that we've covered many times from the book of Jude and the second epistle of Peter chapter 2 where he says these as natural brute beasts are meant to be taken and destroyed. They're meant to be taken and destroyed so that you can prove to Yahweh God who it is you serve. Do you listen to the false prophet who comes along and says, well, God loves everybody indiscriminately? Or do you listen to the word of God? The same word of God like right here in 1 Kings chapter 22 where we're discussing Yahweh God himself will allow an evil spirit to go and be the false prophet. Why? So he can mislead. So he can try the hearts. So we will know whether you will serve him or whether you will serve your own heart, your own desires. And this is the Judeo-Christian in a nutshell, dear kinsfolk, for the Judeo-Christian loves coming along saying God accepts this type of group. And God is not intolerant. God tolerates all. When in reality, God is the most intolerant of them all. That is why he is judge. If it was left to man, they would condemn someone like you and I straight to hell, dear kinsfolk, because, well, we don't fit with their Judaic belief. We don't believe in Judeo-Christianity. So, therefore, we understand that God oftentimes can be a lying spirit. And he's a lying spirit so that those who have lying hearts will have their own prophets. They'll have their own preachers. They'll have those that will come along, trickle their ears, and say, you know what? It's okay for you to miscegenate. It's all right for you to eat pork. It's okay for you to do whatever you want. You owe it to yourself, in fact, which is liberalism. And so we learn from First Kings that that's just one example. That many times and oftentimes during war, the Baal priests, the government pastors who will whisper in the ears of, well, consider Billy Graham, consider John Hagee, and consider Benny Hinn. These are the type of people who love going and having dinner at the White House and telling our president, quote-unquote, that God loves all. But it does not matter when we live in a government of man. When we appoint a Negro ruler over us, dear kinsfolk, which is a direct violation of the word of God, which I've covered in the past, God will not hear us. We must understand that the prayer of a righteous man availeth much, and indeed it does, if that man is truly righteous. But the prayer of the wicked... The prayer of the imposter, the hypocrite, is an abomination in the eyes of God. And that's straightforwardly taught in the book of Proverbs and numerous other books throughout our Bible. And so when dealing with this topic of a reprobate mind, there's no better proof text than the very first chapter of the book of Romans. Indeed, the book of Romans was written, at least authored, by Tertullius, which happens to be one of Paul's scribes. Of course, you do not learn this until the 16th chapter and the 22nd verse. At the very end of the book of Romans, we learn that. And so those who attribute the epistle of Paul, the apostle, to the Romans are correct in that these are Paul's words, just not written by his own hand, written by the hand of a scribe. The book of Romans was written around A.D. 56. That is the year 56 A.D. And there's much wisdom to be found within the book of Romans. We must understand that Romans were considered Gentiles, or of the gen, of the genios, meaning that they were those lost sheep, whom even Jesus Christ came 
to witness to and to pull out of Babylon, pull out of the traditions of the Pharisees who would do nothing but teach their own will over the word of God. Oh, indeed, can you not see the hypocrisy behind that? Where the Pharisee would come along and profess to be teaching the word of God and a majority of the world around the time of Christ believed that the Pharisees were holy, that they were righteous. But the Pharisees, according to Jesus Christ, were hypocrites. They were attributed to white and sepulchers who outwardly may appear as white, pure, and teaching the truth, but inwardly they were full of dead men's bones, meaning that they lead you to death because they make null the word of God, teaching for the word of God the precepts of men. And here it is, beginning in the first chapter of Romans, in the 18th verse, that we see the so-called Gentiles or Romans or any Israelite Caucasian person who falls under this category is guilty before God. And moreover, you will see before today's lesson is through that not only are they guilty before God, but there is a reason why God gives them over to a reprobate mind. He gives them over to a reprobate mind because they do not want to listen. Rather, they'll listen to their own heart. And it is a loving God who will say, okay, well, if that's what you desire, that's what you can have. We see semblance here of Jesus Christ telling the rich man, Woe unto ye, rich, for ye've received your consolation. In many ways, we can say that Yahweh God, allowing this lying spirit, which of course is Sataniel, to go down and be a lying tongue in the mouth of their prophets is a form of love. It's Yahweh God giving them their consolation, giving them all they're going to get. And what do they get but a lie? They get a lie because they don't have a heart inclined to the truth. The truth that Jesus Christ is. The truth that the Word is, according to John 17, 17. It was Jesus Christ who said, I am the way, the life, and the truth. Meaning that the only way, the only life, and the only truth that man, or Christian man, down here can find is through Yahshua Messiah. And so, without further ado, we should now begin the first chapter of Romans. Beginning in verse 18, it says this. And I'll be reading from the King James Version. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And there it is coming out the gate. We must understand that the wrath of God is reserved for those who call evil good and good evil. And we see that no more apparent than we do in today's apostasy. We see them come along and tell you, well, Pastor Visser is an evil man. He's racist. He, he believes that whites should stay with whites the way we have since the dawn of time. Why? Well, it seems quite obvious. If God wanted us all a dull gray, he would have made us a dull gray. But no, he did not. Rather, he created three races. And he set the bounds of their habitations. Which is scriptural, I might add. But it does not stop the naysayers from coming along saying, Well, you know what? God loves homosexuals, but hates Pastor Visser. And we see that this is often true within their own hearts. Well, they profess to be tolerant. Well, let's see how tolerant they are of a Klan rally here in Brooks. Let's see how tolerant they are. When we march against illegal immigrants, so indeed, you'll suddenly see that they're not tolerant at all. Rather, they only tolerate the filth that God holds in contempt. And what is that filth? Those that hold the truth in unrighteousness. They hate the truth. You can point it out to them, say, God doesn't want you to eat pig, and they'll fight and argue until come sick them. Why? Because they want to eat pork. Because they want to be disobedient. Because they want to invent a God after their own heart, their own mind, and in their own image. Rather than adapting themselves to the will of God, even though they may not understand it at first, they are the type of people who come along and say, of course God loves everybody, but he doesn't love Pastor Visser. Oh no, indeed, Pastor Visser is teaching the word of God. 
And we can see that it was no different for Christ and many of the disciples that walked. For indeed, many of them were crucified. Jesus Christ taught no less. He said, many of you will be delivered up. Many of you will be put to death for teaching the word of God. And so I say unto you out there, the Judeo-Christian, the flippant hearer who might be hearing me for the first time today, come out from those churches. If your pastor's up there teaching you non-scriptural tripe and it's not backed up in the scripture, he is a false prophet. And moreover, you should be praising and thanking Yahweh God on your knees every day for him calling you out of darkness into his marvelous light so that you can see the word of God plainly as it's written. Nothing is going to change what is written. And it does not matter how it is written. It doesn't matter how many times. God says seven times in the Old Testament and new not to eat swine. But it does not stop the false prophets and the Judeos from coming along and grasping for the axe answer. Well, that's convenient, is it not? God doesn't know. We needed man to come along and invent a refrigerator. That's all God meant. Making man, in essence, wiser than God. And pork, of course, is a non-issue, I might add, dear kinsfolk. It has very little to do with salvation, or does it? Or does it? I might ask, dear kinsfolk, because you see this sentiment time and time again. But we must understand that the biblical definition of sin is what? A transgression of the law. And if sin is a transgression of the law, then guess what? Eating swine is transgression of the law. It is sin by the biblical definition. But the way of the naysayer, the way of even those within Christian identity, the single seed liners and the hobbyists, is to come along and say, well, you can eat all the pig you want. It has nothing to do with your salvation. Really? Isn't that interesting, dear kinsfolk, that uh, transgression of the law being sin has nothing to do with salvation? Why do they say this? Because it's their own heart. They want to play Yahweh God. They want to play judge. And they want to say, oh, this is lesser sin than anything else. When in reality, it's the same sin as adultery, murder, covetousness, and so forth. We must not make that same mistake. Next verse. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shown it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, his eternal power and Godhead. So that they are without excuse. And I might add, they are without excuse. There is no reason not to see God down here and rebuild Babylon. For I'm looking out the window of the Covenant People's Church right now, dear kinsfolk, and I see numerous trees, numerous flowers and birds flying about. And I say unto you, dear kinsfolk, can man create that? Oh no, indeed, only Yahweh God, and only Yahweh God can cause a seed to grow. But it is the way of man to come along and say, well, it's all coincidence. This is the Big Bang Theory. This is the theory of evolution. But I might add, dear kinsfolk, that creationism is not a theory. It is a fact. Christianity is not a religion. It is a reality. But it does not stop the naysayers. Why? Because they can't see God. Because they're not created of Him. Or, perhaps, they're created of Him, by Him, and for His purpose but eventually given over to a reprobate mind. And they're given over to a reprobate mind again because they hold the truth in unrighteousness. To them, Yahweh God destroying Sodom and Gomorrah was an evil thing. It was a horrible thing. Not to us. To us, we realize God is in control. To us, we realize that the wages of sin is death. Irregardless of how you cut it. Going back to the pork issue, going back to sodomy. These are both sins, and eventually if you engage in the act, you will die. 
That is the way Yahweh God designed it, and that's what He promises in His Word. But are you so smart that you can thwart the plan of God that you know better than He who created you, who formed you from the dust of the earth? Not one of us is. So do not make the mistake of holding the truth in unrighteousness, of calling evil good and good evil. And indeed, we live in a latter era. We live in rebuilt Babylon where many things that are considered good are actually evil. Consider contemporary Christian music. Within contemporary Christian music, we hear every theme from race mixing is okay, to it's okay to be gay, to all you need is love, kumbaya, let's all fly away. But none of it's scriptural. It's not from the Word of God. And on the same token, in many forms of hard rock or underground music, we see biblical themes. It's all about the spirit behind the music. It's about the spirit that brings it forth. Is it an antichrist spirit designed to take you from the Word of God? Well, much music within contemporary Christian, quote-unquote, is. You must understand that the enemies of Jesus Christ have a 2,000-year head start. They promised us in the Gospels that they would go out and they would say the disciples stole the body. They would create a conspiracy so that you, now, in the year 2010, would sit and say, well, it seems so impossible that God could open the eyes of the blind. But these same people who say that seemingly have no problem going and having cataract surgery and getting their eyes operated on by who? Man. At the same time, these same people will say, well, God's not going to deliver me. Why should I pray? What could it hurt, I say, dear kinsfolk? You'd be better off praying to Yahweh God before going to a physician who will rob you of your life savings. Do you have faith in God or do you have faith within man? The things of Yahweh's creation are clearly seen. Indeed, and I'm sure you can clearly see them too. Why? Because you're created of God, created to see His purpose. And the same verse, no matter how many times you read it and explain to Him, right there, power in the Godhead. Understand what the Godhead is. It's the Trinity. They'll come along and they'll argue against it. Oh, there's no trinity. There's no trinity whatsoever. And be that as it may, it does not stop the fact that they're without excuse. Why? Because it's right here. Jesus Christ straightforwardly told you, I have foretold you all things. And we covered last weekend that all things were created for him and by him. If they're created for him and he's told us all things, you are without excuse. So when you stand at the great white throne judgment, at the very throne of Yahweh God, I hope, that when you tell him he did not know what was best for you, that you chose to eat pork because man created a refrigerator, that you chose to engage in sodomy because you were told by a liberal Jew that you owe it to yourself, I hope it flies, dear kinsfolk. But it certainly will not. You're without excuse because everything's written. And if you turn aside to believe the erroneous traditions of men over the straight, clear-cut teachings of the Word of God, you, dear kinsfolk, have been given a reprobate mind. And I might add, before continuing, dear kinsfolk, be very, very careful. Do not judge your brother, because in judging your brother, you judge the law. Rather, discern the spirits. Discern all spirits, the spirit of television, the spirit of music, the spirit of your own parents, to try whether they are of God or not. Jesus Christ said he came to bring division. That no man who wasn't willing to forsake mother, daughter, family in general for him is not worthy of him. Showing you the desire that you must have. The priority that you must have set straight within your mind. And that is that God, uber all us, above everything, it is Yahweh God I will choose. Whether the whole world comes along since 1948 and says it's okay to be gay. 
whether they come along and say, hey, God loves all races indiscriminately, does not matter. It's up to you. But they're without excuse, and at the end of verse 20, we see a calling. Meaning that they are without excuse. Why? Because it continues on. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Their own fault. Not Yahweh God's. Their own fault. Why? Because when they knew God, for example, when they're walking through a forest and they see trees and they see deer and they see animals and rainbows and the glory of Yahweh God, they don't glorify Him. They think that it's straight coincidence. And when they hear the Word of God plainly taught, line by line, precept upon precept, directly verbatim from the Word of God, they don't glorify God. Rather, they curse Him. They say, what type of God would destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, as we covered earlier at the beginning of this sermon? Because that when they knew God, they didn't glorify Him, and neither were they thankful. Always be thankful, dear kinsfolk. Thankful for the blessings Yahweh God has given you. The way of man is to say, well, I've given you life to my children, and I can take your life as well, but simply not the case. We understand that Yahweh God it is who gives life and takes life away. Be thankful to God for the blessings you have. Those blessings that you know from Scripture are blessings. For example, a wife a children, a home. Be thankful for those things. Because if you're not, if you're thankful to yourself for making the money out in Zog's system, you will be given a reprobate mind. Meaning, your foolish heart will be darkened. And understand this concept one more time. Foolish heart. The biblical definition of a fool, at least according to Psalms and Proverbs in the Old Testament, is he who comes along and says there is no God. Is he who can look at the created world we live in and say, well, it must just be coincidence. When man cannot give life, man cannot create life, man cannot cause a seed to grow. All these things are required of Yahweh God. So the fool is the atheist. And in today's society, we see many more atheists than we ever had. And what do atheists have in common? What is it that all the godless, all the heathen, all the pagan, and all the atheists have in common? Next verse. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Period. Point in case. Oh, they're so smart. They're smarter than God. They're so smart, they're retarded, that they can't even understand that man doesn't make birds. Man doesn't cause grapes to grow. Man doesn't cause fermentation to make wine so your heart can be merry. Oh, no, indeed. Only Yahweh God does these things. And these are blessings for His people. But... They profess themselves to be wise. They are the type of people who go to college and become educated idiots. Oh, indeed, they're indoctrinated with liberalism. They're taught World War II myths. They're told the Jews are God's chosen, but at no point are they told the Bible is the Word of God. And if the Bible is taught in an average college, it's taught as literature, as a literary piece, not as the literal Word of God. And it is the literal Word of God. And the only way you can be wise, according to King David and according to all of Scripture, is to know the Word, know the law, know Yahweh God. If you do not know them, you are a fool. And you follow your own heart. And indeed, the fool is the one who says he's so smart he knows everything. The truly wise man knows he knows nothing. We must understand that. They are the ones who want to cling to Yahweh God. Who want Yahweh God to quote-unquote do their thinking, or at least establish the guidelines that they themselves will follow. It's not the way of the fool. It's not the way of the self-professed 
wise man. The ones who will come along and say, well, I've studied this law library, I've studied motion pictures, I've studied art, I've studied all of these things, but none of them glorify Yahweh God. That's a fool, dear kinsfolk. And what else do these fools do? I might add, before continuing, many of these atheists, these pagans, the creators that we see within our movement, who seemingly think that our people will be delivered outside of Yahweh God, in the next verse, you will see direct semblance of that. What do they do? Next verse. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. What is it? Idol tree. Idol worship. They don't worship the Creator. Rather, they worship the creation. They'll come along and say, all oh, these poor Indians, they worship birds. They worship the clouds. They worship the trees. What does it matter, dear kinsfolk? And at the same time, you'll see the sentiment from your own people. They'll come along and say, well, I knew a lesbian in high school that would bend over backwards for anybody. Man, you know, if you had a flat tire on the side of the road, no one else would stop. The Christians wouldn't stop, but she would. Surely God isn't going to send her to hell. What is that? If not plain judge and jury. This is position of Yahweh alone. And Yahweh only can make those judgment calls. But it doesn't stop foolish man from coming along saying, what type of God would send someone like that to hell? The type of God who tells you to obey. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship or receive monthly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.com, where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts. You can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church so that when He returns, you will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply his words to your lives. It's been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. And if you do not obey, well, you're simply out of luck. Jesus Christ straightforwardly said, Many are called, few are chosen, and no man cometh unto the Father except by or through me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, Jesus Christ says. He also says, Me and the Father are one. So when he comes and tells you the only way into the kingdom or to have your position in paradise, that is the kingdom age that's yet to come, is through me and you deny Jesus Christ, you brought that on yourself. But it's the way of man to come along and say, oh, poor little lesbian, poor little good-hearted man down the road who happened to be an atheist. His choice, just like it's your choice, dear kinsfolk, to believe, as it is their choice. You can believe in the righteousness of Yahweh, but don't dare make the mistake of calling the righteousness of Yahweh unrighteousness, of trying to be your own judge. Because they professed themselves to be wise, they became fools. And what do fools do? Well, they changed the glory of an uncorruptible God, a God who has no corruption. Understand, Jesus Christ was perfect. In his mouth was no guile. He could not sin, else he couldn't have been an atonable sacrifice for Israel. But just because Pilate makes a wrongful accusation and writes King of the Jews and sticks it at the top of the cross, has it stopped 
a majority of Judeo-Christendom from saying Jesus Christ is a Jew. Well, isn't it ironic that they'll side with Pilate? Pilate who said, what I've written, I've written. The Jews who came and said, Pilate, change that. Don't say that he's the king of the Jews. Rather, say he said he was the king of the Jews. And Pilate says, no, I'm not going to change it. Does it stop him from siding with it and re-crucifying an innocent man over and over and over? And the irony is, dear kinsfolk, they profess to worship Jesus, when in reality he must be guilty of the accusation. Was he innocent or not as he hung from the cross? Indeed, he was innocent. But it does not stop man from siding with Pilate, or siding with Billy Graham, or siding with Barack Obama. And because they do this, because they take an incorruptible God, a perfect God, and start worshiping the creation instead of the Creator, what does Yahweh God do? Well, we read in verse 24, Wherefore God, that is Yahweh, also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And I might add, dear kinsfolk, that the majority of Christendom will come along right at this point and say, well, we're about to discuss homosexuality. And in many ways, we are. But this verse is straightforwardly saying, God gives them over to uncleanliness through the lusts of their own hearts. The lust of their own hearts isn't necessarily always sexual. The lust of their hearts could be desiring the things of the world like mammon over the things of God. The lust of their hearts could be the drive to get a better car, to keep up with the Joneses. And what does God do? He gives it to them. So they can dishonor themselves. Instead of honor Yahweh God, the incorruptible God, the perfect, omnipotent God. And so, God will give them to the uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And on a spiritual level, I might add, dear kinsfolk, that the head of every Christian man is to be Jesus Christ. Meaning, that there is a many-membered body within the congregation. And this many-membered body, every member or every person has their own position. Some are warriors, some are teachers, some are preachers, some are militant. But nonetheless, when they dishonor their own bodies between themselves, that, my friends, is what you see in a governmental body of politics or a local body of wiggers. God it is who will give them over to the lust of their own hearts. You desire to be with non-whites, God will make you a race traitor. Be careful what you wish for. You desire to die from cancer, glaucoma, well, God will convince you that it's okay for you to eat swine. All you want. Why? Well, he'll be the lying spirit. He'll tickle your ears. That's all you get. You do not inherit the kingdom of God. And so that's the reason why. He allows them to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Verse 25. Still referencing the liberal still referencing the heathen fool who believes there is no God, what else do they do? Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever, amen, and he is blessed forever. you got to be a fool to realize that for 2,000 years at least of recorded history, our people have believed in Yahweh God. Are you so wise that you know more than the last 2,000 years of our genealogy of our race? A majority of white nationalism say, we're not going to follow Christianity. Well, it's a Jewish religion, at least according to them, because the Jew says so. Well, they're bought hook, line, and sinker into Judaism. They believe what they're told, and they are the ones who turn the truth of Yahweh God into a lie. They're the ones who call evil good and good evil. They're the ones who say, Jesus Christ is a Jew, as if they were smarter than their own grandma, grandpa, and great, great kinsfolk. Do not make that mistake, dear kinsfolk. There's a reason that 
our forefathers were Christian. And indeed, there's always a black sheep thrown in throughout. There may be one or two examples of non-Christians within our white race. But, at least here in America and parts of Europe, a majority of our race cling to one sect of Christianity or another, and always have. But today, in this apostasy, in this latter era, where the Jew has convinced us that there's nothing to be gained from Yahweh, that Yahweh apparently is so evil he'll destroy little children in the city of Sodom, seemingly does not have a chance. And understand also that Yahweh God is blessed forever. Forever. Understand this concept. Man, the human mind cannot grasp eternity. Oh, we may understand years, we may understand seasons, we may even understand weeks, months, and decades, centuries even. But the human mind, as it stands, was not hardwired to understand eternity. Eternity is something you will forfeit. If the human mind could understand eternal life, if the human mind could understand eternity, then every flesh would be spared. Every person would desire it. And that's the reason why Yahweh God does not allow you to know His thoughts and teaches His thoughts are not your thoughts. Our thoughts are reprobate. Understand that only Yahweh God is true. Every man is a liar, myself included. Irregardless of who it is you listen, man can mess up. Man is erroneous. Man can make mistakes. But Yahweh God never will. And that is the reason why. You don't have to listen to Pastor Visser or Eli James to be saved. You don't have to even read your Bible, per se. That judgment is Yahweh God's. But if you come along, call evil good and good evil, especially without consulting the Word of God or call the Word of God, the law of God, evil, as if it were the actual offense, would not want to be in your position in judgment. And at the same time, we must understand there's many within Christian identity, many brethren, even on my own forum, who have a good heart. And... They desire truth. Truth is what drives them. At the same time, they'll grasp one truth and turn it into a lie. Polygamy, rape, lawlessness, and so forth. Do not make that mistake. And so we've covered all of these things. We understand that the fool says there's no God. And the fool will turn around and worship the creation instead of the creator himself. And what does God do? Through all of this, when their hearts are darkened and their foolish mind misleads them. Next verse. For this cause, before continuing on, understand, for this cause, for all of these things that we aforementioned, meaning that they dishonor their own bodies, that they call God a liar, that they believe they know better than Yahweh God, for this cause, guess what? God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Against nature. Understand, follow that which is natural. Yahweh God is supernatural, not unnatural, not reprobate. And so we see right there that there is a natural use of a man and a woman, and that natural use is for procreation to bring forth children to propagate the Israelite race, to sustain us as a community and as a nation. But many out there will come along and dishonor their own bodies and say, you know what? I owe it to myself. I want to play the field, I want to experiment a little bit, but dear kinsfolk, many times after this act is committed, it's simply too late. Understand that the Bible straightforwardly says a mamzar, a bastard, which is translated bastard, a mamzar, a mixed breed, cannot inherit the kingdom of Yahweh until its tenth generation, which is in Hebrew as a meaning forever. They cannot do it, meaning that there's a natural order. Kind after kind is Yahweh God said it. 
Man thinks they're so wise, they want to bed down and flush away 10, 20,000 years worth of genetics. Here in the dirty south, we see them destroying Civil War graveyards. Oh, indeed. Why? Well, because everybody down here now in the new carpetbagger era, everybody down here is so damn smart, they know wiser than your own forefathers who fought to keep us separate the way God intended the way God says, come out from among them and be ye separate, then I will hear you. There's a reason why Yahweh God does not hear your prayer, race trader. There's a reason why Yahweh God holds your prayers in abomination, Mr. Homosexual man or woman. So do not make that mistake. Cling only to the things of Yahweh God and understand that there is a natural order. There are natural laws. For example, the law of gravity. The law of gravity is a law that every single person down here, believer, and unbeliever alike must abide to. They must follow. There's simply no way out from among that. Why? Because it's natural. All things that are natural and good are from Yahweh God. Because He is supernatural, not unnatural. Homosexuals, reprobates, heathens, and liberals, and so forth, what we're discussing this morning, are unnatural. They leave that which is natural. We must understand that man's created to naturally serve God. It's an instinct that every child has. It's the reason why children look up to their parents as gods oftentimes, or look to them as a god to provide the things they need. We must do the same thing. This is the reason why when the children came to the disciples, the, many of the disciples wanted to forbid them and say, No, don't bother the Master. And Jesus Christ said, Lest you become as a little child, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because little children believe. Little children have faith. Little children look to their father as an example of what to follow. This is why little boys want to be like their fathers and little girls want to be like their mothers. We must have that same faith. We must try to pattern our lives after the supernatural creator of the universe, which is Yahweh Yahshua. So, for that cause, for all of those reasons, God gives them up to vile affections. Next verse. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one towards another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. Which was meat. was good. It's righteous for them to receive that error. Why? Well, for one, they don't glorify God. Where is your heart, liberal, when you turn around and feel sorry for the godless? When you're worried more about Haiti than you are about your own community? For example, here in Atlanta, we see it time and time again. Well, we got to send money to Haiti. we got to send money to Cuba, man. we got to send money to the Gulf of Mexico. Well, what about the tens of thousands of hungry children and families right here? And dear kinsfolk, I know of at least ten people here in Brooks that would love to be fed, that would love to have some brotherly love, some natural love from their own race. But rather, a majority of the Judeo-Christians are more concerned with Haiti with the voodoo people than they are their own. And it was Jesus Christ who taught that it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs, referencing these non-white people as dogs. This are his teachings. But man's so much wiser than Jesus Christ, isn't he? Jesus Christ can come along and say, I'm sent only for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And man will argue what the lost sheep of the race of Israel means. They'll say, oh no, that's just spiritually. We're grafted in like Gentiles under the Jews. And I ask you again, dear kinsfolk, why is it that a majority of Judeo-Christians believe the Jews are God's chosen? 
but don't desire to be chosen themselves. Oh, indeed, they may sit there and say the Jews are God's chosen and believe the Jews somehow follow the kosher food laws, but then you won't find them doing it. You won't find them exercising the judgments, the statutes, and the laws, will you? No, rather they want to be like Esau, big brother, quote-unquote, who despised his birthright, who Yahweh God straightforwardly says in the Old and New Testaments that he hates. Yahweh God hated Esau for a reason. And he hated Esau because he didn't care two flips about the birthright. Jacob would wrestle. Jacob would wrestle with an angel to the dawning of morning for that birthright. And Esau, the quote-unquote older brother, big brother, didn't care. That's the reason why. Obviously, Yahweh God gave Esau over to a reprobate mind. Why? Well, it's Esau's fault. Just as it will be yours, just as it will be mine. We must understand that in judgment, we stand before Yahweh and have to give an accounting of every action, every thought, every deed. And we will not, in judgment, be able to blame. We cannot simply say, well, Billy Graham said it and that was good enough. You think that'll fly in judgment or is Yahweh God going to say, you never read the Bible. You listen to a man over me. You listen to what man would say over what I put forth. Or you'd grasp for the book of Acts. Oh, indeed, Peter had a vision. Now you can eat pork? Is that what that says? No, indeed, it doesn't. And so, men and women both leave their natural use. And they receive within themselves that recompense of their error, which was me. It was fitting. That's what they deserve. And so you best have the same mindset. A majority of Judeo-Christians out there would be more tolerant of a faggot than they would an ordained pastor like myself who's been teaching this for over 16 years. Oh, indeed, they would. I don't know nothing, according to them. They know all. Why? Because they've heard it through the grapevine. They've heard the same lie reiterated time and time again, as the Protocol 9 says, and they buy it. Hook, line, and sinker. But we must understand that it was no different. Jesus Christ taught many are called, few are chosen. Jesus Christ taught that the broad way leads to destruction. And a majority of our race down here would rather follow the broad way. They'd rather go with the masses. Well, after all, how can they be wrong, right? Ten million Elvis fans can't be wrong. Well, I tell you, dear kinsfolk, ten million Elvis fans are wrong. They don't listen. They turn right around and they would rather be like lemmings. And we all know what happens to lemmings, dear kinsfolk. They end up dead. They go over the side of the cliff and they drown. That's the end of them. That's what happens to lemmings. Because they don't think for themselves. Do you honestly think Yahweh God put you down here so that you can think opposite of how he created you to think? Well, that's the majority of what the world does. And Yahweh God gives them the reward, which is meat, which is fitting, which is exactly what they should get. Next verse. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. To do those things which are not convenient, God made them do it. Why? Because they did not want to retain God or God knowledge or God's law within their mind. They wanted to listen to their own hearts, their own minds, or their own false prophets that they themselves elevate up to the level of a God rather than what's plainly written. And so, because they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, there's God Himself. That gives them over to a reprobate mind. And I want to read this from the Amplified King James. It says this. And so, since they did not see fit to acknowledge God or approve of Him or consider Him worth the knowing, God gave them over to a base and condemned mind to do things not proper or decent, but loathsome. Loathsome, meaning that all these things you see down here that are anti-God, that may be propagated and promoted by the children of the devil, 
are consumed by those with a reprobate mind. That is their reward. Temporal flesh. A season within a season. Vanity. They don't inherit the eternal reward of the kingdom. They inherit the temporary gift, quote unquote, of being as debased, as gay, and as filthy as they desire to be. But again, woe unto them. That's their reward. They don't get anything else. And many times, it's not up to you to go door to door. It's not up to you to try to explain to them to save and convert the naysayers. Again, Jesus Christ said, my sheep hear my voice. It's that simple. Many times, at least in my life, I've come to teach the Bible to the Judeo-Christian pulpits. I'll come and I'll explain to them that in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 19, Jesus Christ didn't do away with the law. He did away with the statutes. Meaning that we don't have to sacrifice lambs and bullocks. And they'll say, well, the law is done away with. And I say, well, is it okay to steal? Is it okay to sleep with your neighbor's wife? Is it okay for you to break the Sabbath? Is it okay to serve other gods? Is it okay to be an idol worshiper? And of course, they'll resoundingly say, no, of course those things aren't right. And I say, then how can you say the law of God is done away with? How can you judge someone like myself as being racist, which is no sin in the word of God, I might add, if there's no law? But this is what they believe. We must understand that the double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. All of them, every single one. Not a few, not some, or not part of their ways, but all of their ways. And if calling evil good and good evil is not proof that we are here and rebuild Babylon. Babylon, which means confusion. An era in which all are confused and have no idea. When it's right there in plain sight. I don't know what is, dear kinsfolk. And so it is Yahweh God who gives them this reprobate mind. It is Yahweh God who causes them to do the things which are not convenient. Colin, he's about to explain the word of God. Understand here, these are the things that are not convenient. These are the things that Yahweh God will give you a reprobate mind for. These are the things that can cause you to be an abomination in the eyes of the God of Israel. And these things begin in verse 29. They say this, Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Now, before we get to the final verse, which is verse 32, I might say that these all directly correlate to the Old Testament law of God. And so the New Testament, quote-unquote, Christian, will come along and tell you, you don't have to follow the law. The law is done away with. Well, isn't it convenient? Isn't it quite interesting that here in the book of Romans, we see all these people are the same people that the law says should be put to death in the Old Testament. And at the same time, they're the same people who happen to be outside the gate in the book of Revelation. Interesting, is it not? But it does not stop the naysayer, does not stop the Judeo-Christian from coming along saying, of course there's going to be backbiters in heaven. Of course inventors of evil things will be in heaven. Adolf Hitler won't. Oh no, indeed. No, Adolf Hitler won't be in heaven. David Duke won't be in heaven. Pastor Pete Peters won't be in heaven. Oh no, Pastor Visser even, he won't be in heaven. But you know what? Benny Hinn will be. That, my friend, is plain God. We must understand that we're not to judge. And as ironic as this sounds, the majority of people think I'm the most judgmental. And I don't. 
It's what I represent. It's from the Word of God. I judge no man. I'm not here saying faggots can be in heaven. I'm saying the Word of God says they won't be. Am I judging? No, indeed. I'm discerning. And I'm teaching the Word of God. And so we see, here in the first chapter of Romans, that engaging in these activities will cause Yahweh God to give you a reprobate mind. To work those things which are unseemly. To be an abomination in His eyes. But the last verse is most important. And so we should knock that out right now. In Romans chapter 1, verse 32. Who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Have pleasure in them that do them. So be on guard, liberal soccer mom out there in middle America, when you watch Ellen DeGeneres and have pleasure in her act. Perhaps you're the type of person who says, well, I don't judge her for being gay. Well, you're a partaker of her sins. So be on guard, you out there who enjoy homosexual comedy on South Park or on the television. You're a partaker of their evil sins. And I might add, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to turn around and say, if you're out there promoting Elton John, the queer singer, over the church, you are a reprobate. Your mind it's wrong. It's simply not working. You need to prioritize. You must put Yahweh God first. Family second, which family, of course, falls under the category of a race. We are an extended family. This is why brotherly love is so important. This is the reason why Jesus Christ taught that we're to love our neighbor, our plario, our race, or our kinsfolk. Not the entire world. Why? Because God doesn't love the entire world. God doesn't love every single Tom, Dick, and Harry that's down here. God is not like a lucky rabbit's foot that all that you have to do is come along and say, well, I'm going to rub this little purple foot here, and God's going to save me. Or I'll open my heart to Jesus Christ. Good. That's great that you can open your heart to Jesus Christ, even though there's no concept of heart written in the Bible. It's all mind. If you don't open your mind to the things of God, how can you follow the law? And so these people say they open their heart as if their heart is a vessel unto its own as if it's their own organ, as if it's somehow tuned in with Yahweh God, when in reality it's just your mind. Is your mind pure? Is your mind reprobate? Do you seek after those things that are natural? Or do you engage in that which is unnatural? Many people send their children to public school where they're taught liberalism, where they're taught brainwashing, they're taught history. That is, history being written by the victor. Indeed, they'll hear about World War II. They'll hear about mass atrocities committed against the Indians by the uh, Christian forefathers. And they'll even be taught that many of our forefathers were not Christian, when in reality a majority of them were, or at least professed to be Christian of some sort. But do not make that mistake, dear kinsfolk. Do not allow yourself to have a reprobate mind. Do not take pleasure in those that have a reprobate mind. Come out from among them. Find your pleasure in doing the will of God. Find your pleasure in being spoon-fed truth from this Word. There is so much wisdom to be found within the Bible, within the Word of God. The Word, if you will, is pregnant. It is alive. It grows upon itself. That is why man cannot master the Word of God. It's quite ironic, however, that many Judeo-Christians will come along and say, I've read the Bible once or twice. <laughs> yeah, right does not matter how many times you read the Bible as if it were a work of fiction. 
Does not matter if you peruse it here and there. Does not matter if you open it up like a lucky rabbit's foot and say, you know what? I need a little guidance today and blah, 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 bam. There's the verse. It may work. It may not. But you best reason together in the scriptures. You best, before accepting any dogma or doctrine, back it up and substantiate it within God's word. And if your pastor is telling you something that is not written, if your pastor is saying it's okay to be gay, you should know right there, out the gate, wrong. Why? Well, we just covered it today. And I might add, we covered it from the New Testament. So you so-called New Testament Christians out there who believe God loves everybody indiscriminately, better beware. This is not the teaching of Scripture. And so with that being established, this is Pastor Visser once again inviting you to swing by our website, which is accessible at covenantpeoplesministry.org, and sign up for a forum account. From the forum, you can share photos. You can keep abreast of current situations within Christian identity from the calendar. And you can answer or ask questions of a biblical nature. Understand that Covenant People's Church and Covenant People's Forums is not a social club. It's not a clique. That is a mistake that I have seen within Christian identity in the last 20 years. I have seen countless cults spring up and suddenly we start seeing clickery. We start seeing four or five people going with this person, four or five people going with this person, and you do not know how many of these people have come crawling back to Pastor Visser apologizing because they didn't have a natural thought in their head, which is common sense. Common sense is natural. You should be able to understand if someone's out there promoting rape, you're going to end up in jail. And I might add, a majority of people would say that person belongs in jail, that rapist belongs in jail, but what does the Word of God say about jails and prisons? It doesn't have anything about them. What they belong is six feet under the ground. As Yahweh God straightforwardly taught that kidnappers, rapists, and child molesters should be put to death, so it still stands today. And I'm not saying to go out and murder anybody, dear kinsfolk. I'm talking on a spiritual level. You must understand that those who are gay, those who engage in unnatural acts, are already spiritually dead. How do we know this? Because they have a reprobate mind to work that which is unseemly. It's taught within the Word of God. So, leave them be. Let the angels gather those tares and they will be burned. At the same time, take care of you and yours. Keep your house in order and you will not fall in this great apostasy. So I hope this sermon has touched you and has strengthened your walk with Jesus Christ. Once again, this is Pastor Visser from Covenant People's Ministry wishing you and yours great studies. War for Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Thanks again, and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.